Last episode, we talked about an approach to help us give our kids a healthy relationship with food. Today, we will explore intuitive eating and how to model it in ourselves. Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I am a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and one. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 10, eight, five, and two. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. All right, so I'm going to start us off today and actually have a high five related to last week's episode on French eating. And that is that my oldest, Cohen, who's five, has started sometimes saying like he'll want something, a food item, and he'll say, I'll save this for our snack time. He started like picking up on that, which... Uh. We've been doing this for a long, so this just shows. I mean, I've been, I read this book when he was a baby. So kind of like this idea on and off, you know, you get better at sometimes and worse at sometimes for five years. So it's a slow <laughs> process, but yeah, it's really cute. That's awesome. I like oh, it. I love it. I'm going to save this for my <laughs> I'll snacks save later. For my snack. <laughs> I love that. I don't think my kids have ever said that, but <laughs> I really love it. <laughs> so my, um, this week is a face palm. And that is, guys, I've told you guys before about my little earbud that I use that is literally one of the most important pieces it's like of technology in my life <laughs> that I've ever had. I mean, talk about something that costs $20 and is more of a game changer than, I mean, I'd put it right up there with like having a phone, like those it's two true. And the reason why it's a game changer for me is because it's just this little baby thing. You put it in, nobody can even see it. And so while I'm cleaning or vacuuming or whatever, all the things that are don't require, like I'm not connecting with my kids because yeah. I don't listen to books while I'm connecting with kids because yeah. that would be not connecting, yeah. not being present. <laughs> but when I'm scrubbing the floor, yeah, it is such a joy to be able to have these amazing books in my ears, just like all these authors just fun, yeah. inspiring me. Like that's how... I read all my books mm-hmm. and even like in the car, we actually listen as a family, but right now I have a Jeep and the top's off. Mm-hmm. So it's too loud. Yeah. <laughs> like when we go fast, I can just put in my earbud yeah. and even with the loudness, I can still hear a book. Yeah. Anyway, I can't rave on about this thing enough. Guys, oh I've lost it. I just oh. lost it Oh, for like the last three days. I overnight it. I can't. The second I lose it. I <laughs> am so sad. Like I, and I literally like, ha- I mean, it's so dumb. Like I had it. I know exactly where I had it. And it just literally like just printed thinner. Oh, yes. So I have been three days now, <gasps> three days no. with having to like, like a heathen plug in <laughs> earphones. And earphones with a cord are obnoxious when you're a mom. And my kids you can see them. So yep. they come over and they pull them out. Not only that, but as I'm cleaning, they get caught on every knob, yep. every kitchen knob, every doorknob, everything. Yep. And then they yank out. Oh, it is. It's, uh, yeah. It is a so If you palm. guys like to read, everyone asks me, how do you read so many books? I'm like, well, to be clear, I do not read them <laughs> with my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to them. This earbud has changed my life. In fact, usually most of my friends, when they are having a new baby, I get them this earphone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. It's I give it a baby shower. The most brilliant thing. 
And I was just like my pants, never putting kids putting pants on backwards. I was raving about never losing my earbud ever if my first one. And then I lost it. And then I lost like three in a row. <laughs> Pretty quickly there, like bam, bam. Because it is yeah, tiny. They're very small. But it is a must. It is a must have in the I home. I <laughs> try to follow my mom's rule of put it back have in the same a place. Spot. So I Me only too. have two places. Me too. If I'm in the kitchen, it's in one spot. And if I'm anywhere else, it has to go in this one place. Yeah. And this like, I carry this little baby purse with me all the time for my phone and that. <laughs> Anyway, when we both move, we're going to find like 14 <laughs> focus power earbuds. <laughs> anyway, so we'll put the link for that in, in the show yes. notes for this baby. But yep. I am very, <laughs> mourning the loss. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh. so today we are going to be talking about um, our own relationship with food. So last episode, we talked about um, the book French Kids Eat Everything and how to really help our kids learn to not only derive nutrition from food, but also pleasure from food mm -hmm. and enjoy it and have it be a time of connecting. Well, today, really, like most things, I actually, this is probably where it starts. Totally. This is a real. <clears throat> because modeling anything is always the most important thing. If our kids see us just crash dieting mm -hmm. all the time mm -hmm. and not only, we can't talk about food without talking about body image. Yep. If they see us braiding our own bodies... I mean, and there's a ton of research behind this. The chances of them having positive body image go so far down. Mm -hmm. It's difficult to see your mother or your father talk bad about their bodies mm -hmm. and then you not automatically have that voice in your head. Yep. So we're going to talk about that. And if you're feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm overwhelmed even just talking about it, we're going to break it down right now. So if you're feeling like you have an unhealthy relationship with food or with body image, this is the episode for you. Yep. Okay, so the book that we are talking about today is... Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Tribble and Elise Resch. Sounds I good. I think. Um, and they give some pretty specific tips that I feel like are so applicable. And each of these things, I feel like even I grew up in a home with um, fairly positive body image really like not really talking about really body image at all just more like enjoying food and those kind of things mm -hmm. but still I think our society especially women I think our society puts these things on mm -hmm. us yeah <laughs> you really default. can't live can't in this it. modern world without having being bombarded all the time yep the value for women has to do really not only with having a specific body size but also with your own sex appeal like yep. we, we're bombarded with that just all the time yep so it's important that we are actually modeling the best we can in our own home. Uh -huh. So their foundation is strong. Yeah. Cause if you have any kid, but especially girls are going to go out in the world and get bombarded. Yeah. By Insecurity yep. is, is going to be given to them, to men, to boys and to girls. Yep. And so if we can help them have a good foundation going into it, they're going to be a little more. Resilient. Yeah. And in fact, to men, a lot of times like to the other side of it, like the ideal strength mm -hmm. and the muscles and the mm -hmm. macho this so yeah totally. yeah and boys i think struggle a lot with the concept of eating disorders usually looks a little different in mm -hmm. men but it's still really prevalent yeah. so just a little background about these two authors i've actually talked with elise um on the phone it was a little while ago and she like blew my mind she was so amazing because i was so i love i read this book and i loved it so much i actually read it because a dear friend of mine had almost died from an eating disorder. And as I was talking with her, I was like, what can I do to help my kids have a healthy relationship with food? Because I feel like I have a healthy relationship with food because of what my mom did, but I never knew what my mom did, right? right. Like, I right. don't know how to aware replicate it, it necessarily. Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware of it. And so as we were talking, I was like, oh, you know, I have these two, I mean, my girls were 
tiny babies at the time. And I was like, what do you think I can do to help, you know, after you've experienced this? And, you know, she'd gone through a tons of therapy and stuff. And she's like, I would read this book, Intuitive Eating, and then make sure that you apply it (laughs) to your kids when they're Mm -hmm. young and as they grow up. And so I would totally recommend you guys reading it. Anyway, I got so into it. I read it. I loved it. I actually ended up reaching out to the author and... Anyway, she was really great. But these two authors are actually, their background is in nutrition. So as we talk about these concepts, it's interesting because we're not just throwing out nutrition Mm -hmm. completely. But as we talk about it, it's going to feel like that a little Mm -hmm. bit. But I mean, these are people who are, their whole background, really like their whole philosophy is based on what healthy foods are. But what they found was that when you only focus and you get so obsessed with only eating things that you think are healthy and are going to make you look good, what happens is we end up with actually negative body image and you end up with this totally unhealthy relationship with then when you eat something that you don't perceive as healthy, then you have this guilt cycle. So we're going to talk specifically about 10 um, principles in this book that you can apply to your life. And the first one is to reject the diet mentality. So diets, mm. and again, you guys, I'm sure have all heard research, the diets do not last mm-hmm. long. They don't mm-hmm. work in the long term. No. In fact, most diets, if you look at the research, when you go on a diet, most diets in the end, you end up heavier or less healthy than you were mm-hmm. after you've rebounded, right? So right. say you go on a diet, you lose a bunch of weight, then you stay there for a while. Whenever that diet wears off, you end You're up emotional. less healthy yep. than mm-hmm. you were before. Mm-hmm. So, and again, these are all... Um, generalities. I know there are exceptions to every rule. So as we're saying this, even with the French stuff from last episode, these are all generalities, Mm -hmm. but I think generalities apply really well. Yep. So I just want you to think of something with dieting. So the first principle here to reject dieting, the reason behind it is dieting comes from a place of scarcity and fear and sometimes Mm self-loathing on, you know, if you're going to the more extreme end. So, and what it is, is our brain is just moving from one place of discomfort to another. In fact, I'm actually reading a psychology book right now that talks about this concept. So if you're looking at the spectrum of being unhealthy and overweight and being on a rigid diet, what usually happens is somebody feels they're getting more overweight or they're, you know, feeling unhealthy or whatever, and they keep going on that spectrum until it feels uncomfortable enough that the uncomfort of it mm-hmm. gets really strong. It's usually a mental uncomfort, mm-hmm. maybe combined with a little physical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once that uncomfort gets strong enough, then they swing to a really rigid diet. Mm-hmm. And then they do that diet. So now the, the feeling, and after a little while, so maybe they've lost some weight, that discomfort of your body image and your mm-hmm. health has decreased. So you're feeling better on that side, but now you have this uncomfort of this rigid diet. Mm-hmm. And then they stay on that diet until that uncomfort gets too strong and it's just a pendulum swinging so back no and no sustainability. Yeah. yeah. So that's the concept is you're working out of fear instead of from a place of love, which we have talked so much about. Mm-hmm. We know that coming from love is always going to be, an abundance is always going to be more long-term. Yep. Okay. And then the second principle is to honor your hunger. Um, and we talked about this a little bit in the, with French kids eat everything, but basically it's just the moderation and the conscious eating, being aware of honoring the signals that you you know, you actually do know if you go deep down when you are really hungry and when you're ready to eat and when it's not 
like an emotional trigger or boredom trigger. So honoring that hunger and rebuilding so it's like a relationship with yourself that you can trust your body to know when it's actually hungry for food. Mm-hmm. So just that connection with your own body. Um, and I, I read a book where the author talks about being so out of tune with her body that she wouldn't even know. She was just like, I just ate a bar at this time and a protein drink at this time. And regardless of when I was hungry or what I was hungry for, what my body was telling me, it just threw that all out the window. And it was just like, this is when I eat like a robot, mm-hmm. like a dog. Mm-hmm. Here's your cup of food. Mm-hmm. So like rebuilding that trust that my, hey, my body, like my body knows when I'm hungry. Like I need to trust it. Mm-hmm. And that book is also an excellent book. It's called oh, Love Warrior. So good. And she actually talks about really openly about her struggle with an eating disorder. A lot. Yeah. It's really good. And how it was actually this mind blowing experience when she, for the first time in like decades, felt hunger mm-hmm. and actually said like, I'm actually feeling like eating a cheeseburger. Was yeah. it a cheeseburger? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And when she tasted it and was actually honoring her own hunger, it was like mind blowing for her. Yeah. She'd never actually derived pleasure from yeah. food. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, not never, but in her in a long time yeah she was a small child so yeah that's it we'll 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 put a link to that one as well if you're interested the third principle of this book is to make peace with food so this is kind of going along with the concept of honoring your uh, hunger but stop the food fight you give yourself actual permission to eat Mm -hmm. and the concept here is it has to do with our view towards specific foods. Mm-hmm. Anytime we make a food forbidden, so think in your mind, if you Bad have food, yeah, if you have Bad. a forbidden food, yeah. whatever it is, we're like, oh, I can never eat mm-hmm. white bread or mm-hmm. I cannot eat any dessert ever mm-hmm. in my whole life, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, the problem with that, it turns into, she calls it, I mean, these authors call it last supper overeating and guilt. So you put it in this box. So picture yourself putting it in this forbidden box. And then when you can't resist that box anymore, because we all know what's forbidden. I mean, if you've ever yes. told a kid, <laughs> don't, don't do this. Don't or like this yeah. blue button <laughs> yes, ever. Exactly. <laughs> and of course they always think about it as the blue button, right? Yes. So what you've done actually is you've actually put in, so let's just use chocolate cake. I mean, use chocolate cake as the example. We put chocolate cake in this forbidden box and then our mind is just obsessed with this box that's sitting here in our mind, right? I want chocolate cake. I want chocolate cake. And then once you give in to the chocolate cake, then if you've already put it in the forbidden, then you're overwhelmed by guilt, which adds to loathing and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And they actually talk about the psychology of this. I think it's fascinating. So our brains love novelty, new things. And there's actually chemicals released in our brains when we try new things that's really exciting for us. It feels good. But the interesting thing is when we put something in a forbidden box, it also has that, it releases that same chemical of newness. Mm-hmm. So even though you've had chocolate cake hundreds of times in your life, once it's forbidden, as you eat the cake, your brain is releasing that chemical of newness. Yeah. And the problem with this is, is if you were just to take out food fight, so like you're at peace with food, you're knowing that some food gives us great nutrition and some is just for enjoyment. You have this chocolate cake in front of you. If you are honoring your hunger and you are being present with that chocolate cake, you're going to eat a piece of chocolate cake and you're Mm going to love it. Mm -hmm. And after you're going to feel satisfied, Mm -hmm. your mouth is going to feel satisfied, everything's going to feel good. Mm -hmm. However, if you've put that chocolate cake in a forbidden box... 
what happens is you're going to resist the chocolate cake and then you're going to eat it. And as you're eating it, your brain is going to be releasing this chemical of newness, novelty. Mm-hmm. It's like a dump. Mm-hmm. You eat it. So the problem is after one piece, you're not going to feel satisfied. Mm-hmm. And it leads to a binge where yeah. you eat the whole chocolate cake. You, you're actually eating way more than you would have if you were just been listening to your body. Totally. Because of the forbiddenness of it. And then that leads to guilt after. So as you yes. can see, putting stopping the food fight of like villainizing some foods and putting some foods it just if you can just make peace everything's it's then it's going to be a lot more easy to do these next few principles yeah and this next one goes kind of hand in hand with that one and it's to challenge the food police so in eating the food police is that voice in your head that is saying Basically, you're good if you're eating these certain foods and not a lot or whatever. Whatever you have made up in your mind is good. And then you're bad if you're eating this chocolate cake and you're eating at 10 p.m. at night or whatever your your food rules. The food police is the voice in your head that's like <laughs> keeping the rules and making you feel guilty for doing these things. <clears throat> and I think these, uh, the make peace with food and the food police being very like hyper aware of those when you have kids Mm -hmm. I think those two Mm -hmm. are super important because if you're constantly like oh we shouldn't have that's bad or you know we shouldn't have more desserts that's not you know just putting that emphasis I feel like kids pick Mm -hmm. up on that so much Mm -hmm. We have the potential to become our voices to become the food place in our children's mind. Exactly. Yeah. And that actually applies to anything. We all sure. know that yeah. as we tell our kids things about themselves and their own self-worth, that that becomes oftentimes become their tapes they play as adults. Yep. I mean, I've talked about my mom before, but um, she had a really emotionally abusive father and she had a therapist once say, that was really sad that he gave you that tape. Right. What's sadder is that you're replaying the tape. But this totally applies to food. How many of us are just replaying the tapes Mm -hmm. that our parents told us as kids? Which Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for my mom because she, I mean, I went through phases of, I just ate, like, she was really good about feeding us meals. We ate them together. She she actually did the French food thing that we talked about last episode really well. I don't know Mm -hmm. if, and I'm assuming she did it intentionally, but I didn't think it was a big deal because that's just how we ate. Yeah. We ate yummy meals. I looked forward to them because she made them. And we couldn't just graze all day long, mm-hmm. but um, but it wasn't ever like a weird control issue. It was right. just like a yeah, yeah, of course I want to be hungry for dinner, so right. because I'm looking forward to dinner. Right. Um, but yeah, that's an important, the, especially the food place is important when it has to do with. Oftentimes, we'll be tying it to our self worth. Right. So you might have a voice in your head that mm-hmm. says you're garbage mm-hmm. because you, you just, just ate the that. cake. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So if you're if you're trying to come back to having a healthy relationship with food. An option here is just like we've talked about with anything that's not serving us, you can just observe it. So you can just Mm say, oh, there's the food police again. You give it a Mm -hmm. name. There's the food police telling me that I should feel bad about wanting that Mm -hmm. or about eating that. And you can just say, thank you for your comments, but I'm going to dismiss (laughs) you. And (laughs) goodbye. And you just have a conversation with the food police. And it's really, really helpful. Mm -hmm. So the principle number five is to respect your fullness And I think a lot of times if we're being mindful with our food, you'll be able to feel when you're satisfied. And they actually recommend, this is in the French book also, um, but instead of using the word full, because full kind of suggests like stuffed. Yeah. Which we all have felt that, you know, like I feel that everything's (laughs) good. That is not respectful. (laughs) Um, 
but the feel and it doesn't feel great to no. be full on a regular basis stuff yeah. but to feel just satisfied there's like a feeling that our body gives us that's like oh i am satisfied mm-hmm. or am i still hungry those are two good questions um and she, these authors recommend if you are struggling with the concept of having a healthy relationship with food try pausing in the middle of your meal and just do like a little check-in with yourself how am i feeling right mm-hmm. now What's my body telling me? And that's a good place. And you can ask yourself the question, am I still hungry or am I satisfied? Mm -hmm. And as you do this, you'll find that it automatically makes you more present with your food. Yeah. And you automatically start driving more pleasure out of it. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with a couple more principles. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, so principle number six. This is probably my uh, the most fun one. <laughs> my favorite when thinking about this concept is discover the satisfaction factor. So this applies when you think about um, our culture that a lot of times we're putting all the emphasis on being thin. So we're using the word healthy, but it's more about like <laughs> using mm-hmm. the food to create the body that we think is the right body Mm -hmm. that we've been told is the right body Mm -hmm. and so we're taking out so in a lot of other cultures i noticed this with the french kids eat everything book but um in intuitive eating they talk about japanese culture but they have this really the true word of health connection to food so the goal of healthy healthy living includes promoting pleasure and satisfaction with our food. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's one of the greatest gifts of life, right? That we have these things that bring us pleasure. Sometimes we're eating something just because of that feeling of enjoyment Mm -hmm. and joy that it brings. And in return, we feel, now we're changing that word from full to satisfied. We feel that satisfaction from it. And we're having more, just this enjoyable experience. So instead of like, here's just this giant heaping plate of like lettuce with dry chicken and we just shove it down because we're, to be quote healthy, mm-hmm. instead we have, you know, like this, I'm the foods are relevant here, but for me it's like mm, a little piece of like baguette with jam and butter that's like this maybe even ends up being about the same amount of if you're counting calories or something, right? But you're really, my body's feeling like that. That is going to satisfy my body 
And so a lot of the times it's, they found that you're eating less food because you're deciding, oh, that's exactly what my body wanted. Now it's satisfied and I don't need to go on like finding the next thing because I'm unsatisfied. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in that example of food too, eating straight kale and raw chicken, not raw chicken, (laughs) just plain (laughs) cooked chicken would, for me, I wouldn't derive much pleasure enjoyment out of that. But you could take that same concept and have things that you love. Like for me, avocados, that's a edamame and a yummy dressing. And I'm going to drive a lot of pleasure from that. Mm -hmm. So, but the concept that satisfaction isn't only physical, there's more satisfaction and pleasure as part of that. And that it's okay to feel pleasure while eating. Yes. It's okay to enjoy eating. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So the seventh principle is honoring your feelings without using food. And we have touched on this a lot with the concept of numbing, not just with food. We've talked about it with a lot Mm -hmm. of different items, but um, specifically a lot of people, when you feel something, you're feeling bored, not enough, sad, lonely, all those things. Food oftentimes becomes our numbing thing for that. We feel the feeling, Mm -hmm. we don't like the feeling. So what do we do? We eat. Mm -hmm. Now, something that applying the French philosophy that we talked about last time that really helps in this situation is if you have healthy... Time set aside to eat that are honoring your hunger, which for most adults is three meals a day, mm-hmm. maybe a snack. Mm-hmm. For kids, oftentimes it's three meals a day and definitely an afternoon snack. Um, but if you've already set aside these times where I know I'm going to be eating at this time and I know I'm going to be eating at lunchtime, you're never going to be starving. You're still mm-hmm. honoring your hunger, of course. Mm-hmm. You're allowing yourself to feel a little hungry, which is fine, but you're never depriving yourself to a point where you feel like you're desperate Famished. and you're going to binge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the concept here is the beautiful thing is if it's 10 a.m. and you have a pang of a um, Brene Brown calls them a shame attack. Mm-hmm. You have a shame attack. You're feeling not enough. Mm-hmm. You're feeling like you're a terrible person or you're feeling really bored at 10 a.m. Whatever mm-hmm. you're you're at work and it's kind of getting a little slow. Your automatic might be, you know, I'm just going to go rummage. Yep. I call it foraging. <laughs> like yeah, kids foraging. totally do it where they just go and they start like. <laughs> scavenging for things instead of doing that if you know oh well i'm not eating to lunch and i want to be hungry for lunch i want to enjoy my lunch Mm -hmm. because i want to derive pleasure from my lunch and feel physically satisfied then the beautiful thing is food actually isn't even an option for you in that point you actually just have to feel your feelings Mm -hmm. so imagine that guys you feel a negative emotion and you just have to feel it whoa sounds (laughs) very unpleasant and Mm -hmm. it is that's the thing Life isn't about always feeling pleasant, but the beautiful thing about it, you lean into that feeling. It can be as simple as I am feeling so angry right now and I want to eat the bag of potato chips that I know is in the pantry. Mm -hmm. Instead, you say, oh, there's that voice. Um, I'm feeling a lot of anger right now and I'm just going to feel it. It can be as simple as you just feel the feeling. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling so angry right now. And you just lean into that feeling. Oftentimes that's enough to just dissipate the feeling. Yep. Sometimes it might require something else. Like, you know what? I'm going to take a lap around my building. Yeah. Or I'm going to go outside and take 10 deep breaths. Or I'm going to lock myself in the bathroom and take 10 deep breaths right. where nobody can bother me. Right. Or whatever it is. But you'll, you're going to find another way to actually process your emotion. Food Although can numb emotion doesn't have the capacity to process emotions. Yep. So you're just stuffing them down. Yep. Literally stuffing them down. So that's the beautiful thing is you, you set your healthy spaces for food. And then when you feel a negative emotion that's not in one of those spaces, you just feel the feeling and know that mm-hmm. it's going to be negative And that's part of, part of life. You feel it and you're okay with that. Yep. You're actually, it's an intentional leaning into the discomfort of the feeling. So that's a 
good way to try not numbing yourself with food. And then the beautiful thing about that food remains what it is, which is this amazing source of pleasure and nourishment for us, but it doesn't have to be our emotional numbing. Right. Because it doesn't do a, that isn't its greatest It's not its purpose. Yeah. (laughs) I have to share, I was listening to um, Oprah's Super Soul Conversations podcast, and I can't remember who she said that was a big influence in her life who said this, but that just reminded me of this. Someone prominent in her life would always say to her, um, whoever said you're supposed to be happy all the time. Because when she was a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, she would be like sad or disappointed or wanting something. And they weren't saying it in like a grouchy way, like, get out of here. You're not supposed to be happy all the time. Mm -hmm. But like, whoever said you're supposed to, this life is supposed to be all the time happy, Mm -hmm. you know? And I've loved that. And I've, I haven't used it with my kids yet because I have, like, I haven't had the right, because I want it to come out. the right way not, not like life is terrible yeah, then you die like, everybody's <laughs> this sucks life sucks but like in the right positive mm-hmm. light right but mm-hmm. i love that saying because i think it's just a simple way to see like every single day there's going to be a lot of stuff that makes you n- not feel good and if you're constantly numbing it or distracting yourself or just eating instead and not feeling those things Mm-hmm. Well, they're just going to add up yeah. down inside you. <laughs> and that actually is a liberating concept to realize that there isn't anything inherently bad with feeling bad right. for a little bit of time. Right. Yeah. In fact, in most religious, ancient religious texts, regardless of whatever the religion is, there is oftentimes discussion about opposition, that there has mm-hmm. to be joy and pain. Mm-hmm. And also, um, Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School, she has a great podcast. Her theory is it's actually 50%. 50% mm-hmm. of the time we're feeling awesome. And 50% of the time you're feeling a negative emotion. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once you change the concept, again, same concept as tantrums. Right. Once you change that there's nothing wrong here with feeling this. I can mm-hmm. just feel bad you for a little bit. You have to fix it. Yeah. yeah. I don't have it. to, just, like, quick. Give, give the kids. We do this. We do this with kids. Oh, right. Yeah, no Quick, doubt. Give them a sucker so they yeah, stop crying. No doubt. Yep. You know, it's okay. It's okay to feel sad. Mm-hmm. Cry. Yep. It's not bothering me. Mm-hmm. You can cry. Yep. Me, I'm feeling sad. I'm going to cry. Mm-hmm. Instead of eating an Oreo because I'm feeling sad, mm-hmm. I can choose mm-hmm. just to simply feel the feeling. Yes. And cry, which doesn't feel great, but I'm actually going to feel better in the long term. Though. Yep. Exactly. And I actually, I actually firmly believe that your ability to go into a negative emotion is directly correlated with your ability to feel the positive emotions. Mm-hmm. And that's actually proved by research. It's not just my philosophy. Brene Brown and her shame research has said you cannot selectively numb emotions. If you mm-hmm. numb shame and fear and pain, you're not actually going to be able to then feel the joy in the extreme that you can, right? Yep, exactly. Which I think is an important concept. You end up sort of somewhere in the middle, just like, eh. yeah, Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't what living is. Right. We're supposed to live all of the things. We're mm-hmm. here to live it all. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. So number nine is <clears throat> respect your body. This one is tough again in our <laughs> world. But basically, it's just the concept of w- we have this body. This is our body. So I like the comparison to a shoe size. So a person with a shoe size 10 is not going to try to put on a shoe size 5. And feel shame when they can't fit into a size 5 shoe. (laughs) Right. So if you think about it in terms of your whole body, just accepting your genetic blueprint and um, trying to be the positive. I mean, there's. I feel like the word health sometimes gets like, mixed up in like thinness and muscles and all of that Mm -hmm. but like 
trying to honor your healthiest body while accepting your genetic blueprint, accepting your body how it is in its natural state, not trying to force it smaller or force it bigger or force it to be something that it's really inherently not at its true healthiest point, at its best state when you're mentally and physically healthy. Mm-hmm. Everybody's yeah. going to look different. Everybody's body's different. Yeah. And I think it's important here to say, we're not saying that if you're feeling really unhealthy because you know you're not taking care of your body. Right. So yes, like you're like, of course I'm a size I don't want to be because mm-hmm. I'm I'm not taking care of my body. Maybe I'm significantly overweight or whatever. That doesn't, that isn't the same thing as accepting your body in it's whatever your body is when it's healthy. Cause there, it's possible to be very thin and be mm-hmm. very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And it's possible to be a way larger size and still be really healthy. So yep. the, so what we're saying here is really what is your healthy normal mm-hmm. depending on your bone structure mm-hmm. and even the way your muscles are built, that's going to mm-hmm. look different on everybody. Yep. And I think because again, it's programming, it's all programming in our brain. We feel like only people on magazines are the only way that we mm-hmm. can look and be healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's just simply not the case. Yep. And it's quite liberating. I think for a lot of people, I think it's easier said than done, totally. but there is a really liberation and freedom that comes from accepting as my yoga teacher says, she always says, respect the honor, the body that brought you. Cause you mm-hmm. only have one, you have yep. this one and this it already it. has its bones mm-hmm. and they're, the bones are a certain size and your muscles have a certain structure. So you take the body you have and you honor it. And then you find whatever it's healthiest shape is. And mm-hmm. it might be different than magazines. Mm-hmm. In fact, it probably, probably will be <laughs> for most, most of us. Okay, the ninth principle is to feel the difference between exercising out of honor for your body versus either not exercising completely (laughs) or exercising militantly where you're just obsessed Mm -hmm. with looking fit. So when you're exercising only with the motivation of image, again, this isn't a really deep why. So this is coming from a place of I want to just look this certain way Mm -hmm. and it's actually form for a lot for some people it becomes a form of like almost an eating disorder totally i have a friend who called it she calls it exercise anorexia when she was experiencing it where Mm -hmm. you get so obsessed and you have these concepts same feelings feelings of shame if you don't do it whatever um but and then there's the other side of the spectrum where it's just you never exercise ever also out of a i'm not taking care of my body right so you can be very unhealthy actually on On either side of the spectrum yep but the concept of exercise, in fact, I just read a book called Resucceed, and he uses the term energy management to describe mm-hmm. exercise, which I love. The reason why we exercise, there's a lot of different whys, but one option for really positive why is, first of all, we're honoring our body. Mm-hmm. We have these amazing tools. In fact, if you've ever done anything difficult physically, it's amazing the pride you can feel, like the positive pride you can feel when you can see like my body. So for example, like I ran a marathon a few years ago mm-hmm. because my husband was and I wanted to be part of the cool kids club <laughs> with him. And I had never been into running before, but after training for it and doing it, it was like my body is incredible that I right. can go mm-hmm. from not running and do a certain training re- regimen. And it felt amazing, not only to my body, but to my mind. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a high for months of like, wow, we have these incredible bodies that we can build muscle and we can increase our flexibility and we can, I want to climb to the top of that mountain. So I'm going to hike every day. And then in July, I'm going to climb to the very top. And when Mm -hmm. I'm at the top, it's because for me, physical fitness is about being able to use our bodies to live this amazing life. Mm -hmm. And when we are in a healthy place, we can enjoy all those things a lot better. Water skiing is funner. 
when I can actually get up, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Yep. Or yep. skiing at the beginning of the season, I'm always like totally wasted yeah. at the bottom. And at the end of the season, I feel so strong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So changing our view of exercise to being energy management, we are literally helping energize ourselves. We're taking care of ourselves. We're trying to increase our longevity. And we're really just living. We're living. And the know? motivation is life and it's the energy it's the feeling that you want the energy instead of okay i'm setting my alarm because i really need to lose 10 pounds so i need to do this workout Mm -hmm. because that is not for me motivating (laughs) in fact i'm like never mind but if i have this thought of if i do this my whole day is going to be set up the right way i'm going to feel this energy this vibrancy Mm -hmm. i'm going to be more alive more um, able to play with my kids, mm-hmm. you know, all those, we've talked about this a lot, but getting to your true why. And I think it makes, it, I don't even like the word exercise. <laughs> all those, I'm like, eh. uh-huh. but it makes it just life. Yeah. 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 You're embracing life and using the body that you have. And we live in a world where there's so many options for exercise. It's funny because so like, my grandma was like, you know, she grew up on a farm. So like just living her life yes. was exercise, <laughs> you know, like lifting heavy things. Yeah. Anyway, but now, I mean, we have so many, it doesn't even matter what you're into. Mm-hmm. You can find something that you mm-hmm. love that's using your body mm-hmm. and it's so awesome. So the last principle of intuitive eating, you know, obviously there's mindfulness. It really comes back guys to everything we have been talking about. That when we can motivate ourselves from a point of love, we, we love our bodies. We love our minds. We want to fuel our minds. Did you know that our brain uses actually a huge disproportionate, I might say, amount of calories mm-hmm. compared to the rest of our body? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, we're fueling well, it's our, like babies. <laughs> yes. Our incredible <laughs> brains that can remember things and speak this complicated language. And I mean, all the things that we can do, we have this opportunity to feel all the things of life. And when we're coming at food for the amazing thing that it is, which is an ability to give our bodies and our minds nutrition and also to derive pleasure from it mm-hmm. and set aside time to connect with the people that we love around food. If we can keep it to being those things and allow ourselves to actually feel those things, it will also increase our ability to when we're not numbing with food instead, we can actually fill our emotions, which is going to increase our joy. And I don't know, guys, I'm just so excited about this idea. If you can just honor your own health, mm-hmm. if the goal of being healthy is to live life. It totally changes everything. Mm-hmm. So let us know if you guys try out any of these things or try this or not for this week. I mean, obviously you can take any of these principles we talked about and apply just one principle at a time. Mm-hmm. But probably for me, the easiest to try this or not is to... Next meal, whatever, whenever you're going to eat next, if you can actually sit down and try to be present with that meal and actually enjoy the feeling of when you put the food in your mouth, actually taste it instead mm-hmm. of just scarfing it down. Mm-hmm. And preferably, if you can have that next time you eat, be at a meal time, mm-hmm. that would also help. But that you're sitting there and you're actually enjoying it as you go down and watch what happens because it's really difficult to eat three hamburgers in a row without tasting it. Yep. If you're actually tasting it, yep. you're not going to yep. be able to eat three. Yep. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? So yep. that's, that's our, try this or not. Try actually tasting and savoring whatever you're going to eat next, right mm-hmm. after this podcast, your next meal. Try actually being mindful with it and putting it in your body from a place of love. I mm-hmm. love my body, so I'm putting this in. Mm-hmm. And you're going to watch really cool things happen yep. in your mind. All right, let's find the magic. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs>
Brown cows. Hey, everybody. I just have, as I sometimes do, I have a little postscript afterthought here. And that is, I have two things I want to clarify. One is that when I say to derive, that it's okay to derive pleasure from food, I'm not advocating uh, that food, that's the only reason why we eat food or that we should like be overcome by the seeking of pleasure from eating food because that'll lead to cravings and uh, that could that could just not be that great. So what I'm saying is that we can be open to receiving the pleasure that comes from enjoying food. I think a lot of times in life we can get off balance when we turn life into just a, a game of seeking pleasure. However, I think being open to pleasure is a good thing. And that's different to me than like over seeking it. And the second thing I want to clarify is also intuitive eating is not a way. Sometimes I think when we talk about it, it might come across as like, oh, just eat all the unhealthy food you want and nutrition doesn't even matter. And that isn't the case. In fact, if you read the full book of intuitive eating, they do a really great job at clarifying that. Um, But the point is is that when we start listening to our bodies, particularly if we can ask ourselves after we eat something how we feel, that we'll start to be able to approach food with, it actually starts, what I found within myself, I still, when I feel like eating a cookie, I totally eat a cookie and I enjoy it and it's wonderful. But what I've noticed is when I'm actually paying attention to how my body feels, that I almost never get carried away with eating a like a huge amount of cookies. And what I also find when I pay attention to how my body feels, my body actually asks for more healthy foods more of the time, and I enjoy how my body feels after. So really, it's it's just a way of approaching food that isn't villainizing it or coming at a place from you have to limit yourself or else you're bad and all those kinds of things that dieting does. Because as soon as you have that mentality, it's like, oh, I just got to have more. It's simply, I'm not, it's just simply a way of approaching it without that fear and a trust in your own body that your body can tell you when it's satisfied. And your body, if you pay attention to it, it actually does, they actually have some cool studies from intuitive eating that people who do intuitive eating do have lower body mass indexes than those who diet and not diet and diet and not diet. So, um, Anyway, I just wanted to kind of clarify those two things, that being open to the pleasure that comes from food is different than overseeking the pleasure. And the second thing is that it isn't that we're just throwing health out the window. It's that we're approaching it from a place of uh, love for our bodies, and that does encompass a, a wide variety of foods, and um, and that's okay. And also, as I've also been thinking about all you out there who have, you know, different like sensitivity issues and allergies and of course, or even addictions. And those, I think it's important to say, do whatever is working for you. And um, I have found a lot of people when it comes to things that they know aren't good for them, that abstaining completely is the most helpful. And I think you can also do that from a place of love instead of a place of scarcity. So that was kind of a long postscript, but those are just some thoughts that I've had as I've been pondering this important concept of intuitive eating. Let's find the magic, guys.